Okay, welcome to the Stop Money Anxiety Now live podcast, episode number 16. What really matters isn't what you think. All right. Welcome back to another live broadcast of the Stop Money Anxiety Now podcast. I am your host, Wei Hong, from the Six Figure Academy. And I think... And I'm Jessica, also from the Six Figure Academy. Little delay right there. What's happening over there? Oh, is it mine? Is it a delay? <laughs> there is a little... The three-hour difference over on the East Coast, right? So, anyway, this is the podcast where we give you real-world tips, strategies, and interviews with some amazing entrepreneurs on how to eliminate the destructive money habits and anxiety so that you can create a prosperous and abundant lifestyle and business free of financial stress and worry. Now, if you are joining us live today, make sure you get on Spreaker.com or download the Spreaker app Search for the Stop Money Anxiety Now show so that you can join us in the chat room live to ask us questions, interact with us and our guests. And while you're there, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and catch us every week. So for all the other ways to find us, go to the sixfigureacademy.com forward slash radio for all the details. So are you still there, Jessica, or are you still lagging out? <laughs> well, maybe you got to tell me. All right. Well, no, that, you responded fine there. It's just the first part. Oh, yeah. That's okay. I mean, I, 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 even our music was kind of weird in the beginning to, today, so I got to see Well, I mean, we've been upgrading our technology, so, you know, it's finding the, fit, the bits and pieces. That yeah, are... we've been fiddling with it to make it work better so that we can have, like, an infinite amount of guests on the show at the same time. So how was your week? I mean, you're obviously not in California, not in the studio. You're no. Out. Yeah, I'm all the way over here in Vermont. So I was in, uh, I landed in Boston, and then now we're over here in Vermont. We're setting up for this uh, this event this weekend. Um, so we're building, um, getting all the operational stuff, getting in place, and you know, just tidying up the loose ends here and there. So what's, it's beautiful. What's, what's in what's in uh, Vermont? Uh, there's this little community gathering that we were, um, me and my partner were asked to come on to and work. And so, um, yeah, it's really nice. It's a really nice, intimate, um, mini festival, I guess you can say. Ah, yet another festival. <laughs> yeah. What's the capital yeah. of Vermont? Every time I think of Vermont, because I've never been there, I just think, oh, back in school. I mean, I don't know, but I, I, I don't. Oh, I, you're there and you don't know the capital. I know, I know, I don't. Don't don't tell anyone. Don't tell any uh, Vermont-esque people here. <laughs> Vermont-esque? But, um, Is that what they have? Vermontians? Vermontians. <laughs> Vermontians? Well, you know, yeah. like, you, you know, like Einstein always says, you know, when, uh, why memorize anything when you can just look it up? Okay, so Especially. the capital of Vermont is Montpellier. Oh, Montpellier. Oh, I was going to say Burlington because I've heard that name thrown around. But how do you even pronounce it? Montpellier? Montpellier. Canada's like, more close nearby, so it's like, I guess. How do you pronounce that? It's like pe- pe- tomato, 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 tomato. That's not even, <laughs> that doesn't even sound like Montpellier. What are you talking about? What are you doing? I'm on the East Coast. I'm on the East Coast. Anyways, right. what's new with you? What, I think you're playing a volleyball tournament this weekend. Oh my right? gosh! No, well that day. Uh, so this past week was uh, fun and interesting as usual. Work uh, was good, yeah. and uh, this past weekend there was a lot going on simply because of. Um, I mean, there was a lot going on last week. We had our Q and A session. We had Jennifer Kramer online. Uh, next week, we're going to have Stephen Griswold uh, from Griswold and Griswold Insurance. He's done some amazing things with his business and something to learn from. But I was overbooked on Saturday. I had, one, yeah, I had one, two, three, four, five events, and I had to actually choose uh, which ones to go to and which ones not to. The bulk of it was for um, business, two were for personal, and, you know, finding, making sure that I um, have a nice little um, uh, equilibrium of both work and personal right on a saturday well saturday was um smack fest uh 2017 which is every year they have a um kind of like a, a volleyball tournament where you get to dress up and it's four people co-ed and we were team baywatch so everybody's wearing red shorts and i didn't get to wear a baywatch what? shirt other people were like dressed in like as uh priests and 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 nuns no <laughs> which way. is like wait actual like 
and and there, there were people wearing togas and there was this whole thing about you know male rompers men rompers like there's this team called real men wear rompers and all the guys were wearing rompers what i've never heard of that and they had a banana team where everyone was dressed like a. it was, it was fun you know and the you know jello shots of plenty so i was only there in the morning because in the afternoon i had to decide to go to either a mixer or um a, a business mixer or uh this this thing put on by uh allison um and david yeah. fagan uh called spirit summit and i was there with uh remember our last our, our previous guest yeah. brandy vale i was there to support her on the panel and i i was there and i actually ended up staying there for a good three four hours Beautiful. connected with some really amazing people um and then afterwards i had to go to a red carpet event um was in oh Santa God. Monica and then after that I had a birthday party I had to go to so it was a pretty full day I actually yeah. had to stop in the middle and take a quick nap oh. so I could keep going <laughs> oh my goodness that yeah yeah and so Sunday I did absolutely nothing which was actually quite cathartic every time I sit there and have a full day and then go off to something you know and you know one of the things I you know I was doing was um you know, looking at what is it, I was making decision based on what's going to contribute most to my livelihood. What is going to contribute most to my path to success, to helping people, um, to supporting people. And, oh. you know, I had to make that decision. And that's really was kind of the thing that I was looking at. And what I did on Sunday was I started looking at everything that went back by this past week, uh, mostly on Saturday and paid attention to stuff that I may have overlooked. Um, uh-huh. things that I wasn't paying attention to or things I, you know, I wasn't aware of. And yeah. that actually helped a lot more than what I was going through on Saturday because I was paying attention to things that I was taking. I, I don't know if I was taking it for granted, but it was just kind of took, took a low, low level on the totem pole in uh-huh. terms of things that made sense. And what, what it helped me kind of see was, you know, how important it was for me to do things that, one resonate with me internally and uh-huh. serve a particular purpose at the same time you know because sometimes yeah. we make decisions to do things that serve a purpose but it doesn't resonate with us but we know it serves a purpose but it doesn't resonate with us but yeah. we do it anyway because it serves it but it doesn't resonate with us mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean no that's really interesting i i mean i like that um you shared this because i feel like you know you taking it's like an intense day and then, then taking a day off it's those dualities you know a lot of people struggle taking a day off and uh, kind of pausing in, you know, like assessing things in a different light. Um, like, you know, there's like a lot of guilt that comes out from that, right? Yeah, yeah. And that actually guilt, that actually keeps you from making money. That keeps your prosperity at bay. Why, and why yeah. do you say that? Well, I mean, what happens is this is a, that guilt and everything, uh, in some ways it gets you to poo-poo on your choices. Hmm. You know, when you poop on your choices, then that basically is creating a dichotomy or uh, or a dissonance within you, you know. Hmm. And so that's that's what happens a lot, you know, which is kind of cool because it, you know, it kind of leads into, um, you know, what we're going to talk about with our guest today, actually. Hmm. Um, and who is our guest today? Our guest today is this amazing dude. I've known him for a couple of years now, and we've become fast friends. Uh, actually, right from the get-go. I think one of the first events I went to with my coach, um, he was at my table doing one of the icebreakers and everything like that. And uh, I still remember it very clearly. I'm like, who's this dude? And I thought, he seems like a participant, but he's not a participant. But wait a minute, you know. And over the last couple of years, it seems like decades has passed. For every year, it's like 10 years. We've became fast friends, and I absolutely love him and his and his wife. Um, uh, and you guys who have been following me may know, know him as our my one of my favorite Facebook Live tag buddies. Um, Nick Hansinger and you know he's um, tell just to tell you a little bit about he's the president of energy mastery you know he's been studying peak performance and the science of human transformation for over 20 years I still remember in his previous lifetime he was known as the dark yogi which is kind of cool I'm sure you can appreciate that yogi the dark yogi I'm sure you can tell you a little bit about that because because of what you like to do in yoga right so you probably you probably want to get to know a little bit about that I mean he's a true believer that each and every human being has potential beyond measure and yeah. has made it his life's mission to you know help people unlock that vast resource within yeah. so he does workshops retreats intensive trainings and he's like has impacted thousands of people he teaches energetic tools um and is always about is is a consummate student 
of growth and and just learning. I absolutely love this dude. I'm so happy that I'm finally able to get him on the show and have you be also experience what it means to kind of interact with on this level, Jessica. So welcome to the show, Nick. Are you still there? Did we lose I'm, you? <laughs> I'm still here. I'm so like, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I know we've been talking about this for a while to get you on. And it's, you know, I was hoping that we would be able to get you out in the studio so we can kind of sit and bathe in each other's energy for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. I would love to make it up. I'm sorry I couldn't make it. Uh, that's okay. We could always do another yeah. one. Or maybe I can make it down for your podcast. Oh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so welcome to the show. This yeah, hour welcome is all there. Thank you. Thank you both. I'm so happy. Um, I got to I gotta ask. Um, the rompers? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I... I had to, I have mixed feelings because uh, when I saw it float through my feed, yeah. like my very first reaction was just no, what? just a, just a hard no. <laughs> but then you know, like the other part of me is like, oh well, you know, uh, to each their own, you know. And if you're really, you know, if you're really feeling the romper, like I guess go for it. But, it's but there's be... that other part of me that's just no, like <laughs> it's just all kinds of well, wrong. I just can't imagine it. I just can't imagine until I see it. Well, it's like the European men's bathing suits. It's like you know, I get it. You know, you don't, you don't, the tan lines are much better when you're wearing the European bathing suits. But out here, we wear board shorts and everything. We're, we're kind of into like the whole, you know, like surfing communities. But so can you imagine? I mean, Nick, you surf, right? So, you know, the European super short, short men's bathing suits. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, have you ever surfed in Speedos? Have you? <laughs> I have not. No. No, hundred percent no on that. <laughs> yeah, maybe look into disrupting this whole thing because we're all about disruption, right? Why don't you just disrupt the whole surfing community and start surfing? <laughs> well, I could, I could probably be pretty sure that I'll have a break all to myself that way. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then when you're done with that, you could actually put on a romper. So there was this video out there that's around that where where this uh this um this total intentional redneck hick is out there and he's like dressed up as a romper. He's like, you know. And he's like got this chew in his mouth while he's talking. He's like, y'all think this romper thing is a, you know, for, you know, girls and stuff like that. Look at this. And he's like, he's got like clips of mags, you know, for his AK or something like that in his pockets. He's got chew. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, the, man, they need to come out with them in camo. They I know. Need a camo oh, they, I think they do because of, oh my the, god, <laughs> I have pictures. I mean, uh, but it's, you know, here's the thing: is that I, it's, apparently it's very comfortable and very utilitarian. You know, it's like a short onesie or something like that. You know? I, I'm, I'm sure it is. Uh, I'll let you can tell me all about it. No, I don't. I don't need to go. I saw them. <laughs> I, we played against them. We beat them. Okay, so um, enough said. You know, if you want to go, if you want to see pictures, go to my personal website, and I have a whole album, and you can check it out. Whether running around, <laughs> it's actually. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the show. <laughs> Uh, so Nick, you know, typically we like to um, start with um, your money story. You know, what 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 is your because you know the audience, you know, we're, the Stop Money Anxiety Now show is all about you know the role that money plays in our lives and how we can resolve our relationship with money. And so it's always cool to find out how you know the the money story behind successful people, people who have gone through that, so that they can share their journey with uh, with our audience. Okay. Well, one of the coolest things I think that you said there is the relationship with. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times uh, this conversation gets, you know, posited with um, particular, you know, beliefs or blocks mm-hmm. and all these kinds of things. And, and I really kind of look at it more relationally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I, I grew up in the Midwest. So I grew up in Detroit. I lived there pretty much my whole life. You know, I, I just moved out here maybe five years ago. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, my dad sold insurance. Uh, my mom supported him in the office. We always had, you know, we always had enough. It was, but that was really the story that I grew up with was like the, the just enough. Just you know, enough. so my relationship uh, with it was just enough, you know, like no problem. You know, we'll definitely support you. You have everything that you need. Um, and then beyond that, you know, it, it was, um, you know, I still had my first job at like 14. I started bussing tables. Mm. and uh you look at that picture like i look i'm younger or i'm older than i look for sure and you can imagine me at like 14 um so (laughs) 
you know, but I was a hard six year old and working in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I got that question a lot, you know, and, and there was like these really sideways looks at the managers like, yeah, that kid's not supposed to be working here. <laughs> um, but I really actually I really enjoyed it. And and uh, and I loved having, you know, my own money. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so I had this big, you know, roll of ones, you know, from all the tips and everything. And uh, he bought me my first stereo. And, nice. uh, you know, that was that was really cool for me. Yeah, um, but that that was it. Like the relationship with it was generally uh, just enough, and you have to work super hard. Mm, hard just working, enough and like super hard. hard. Yeah, my yeah. folks are hard working. You know, the family. You know, if you trace my family back, we're talking farmers. You know, from Germany, right? Um, and oh. growing up in kind of like Middle Michigan uh-huh. uh, farmland. Wow. And yeah, you know, so that's pretty much what was built into my DNA. And then I was the weird one of the family. So I had, how were you the weird one? What do you mean? I was, I had like, well, I mean, I was always kind of a weird kid, like uh, just quiet, you know, like I would just play by myself. Like my, my friends would come over uh, and my mom would tell me, Oh, like so-and-so is at the door. And, and, and I would say like, I just tell them that I can't play. You know, like, I'm just, I'm happy here. Like I'm really kind of a reclusive (laughs) kid, you know? Send the kids away. (laughs) I don't want to play. So it's not like me where like nobody would come over and play. And, and I, and I wish I had friends that came over to play, but you, you actually, no, I actually had some friends, but parents had to coordinate that, (laughs) but you actually had people that wanted to come and you said, no, go away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I did. I I just was happy doing my own thing, you know? So I had Uh this always kind of like introspective and, um, and then it came into an artistic uh, bent, you know, where I was, I was a trumpet player and I started playing trumpet when I was 10. Cool. And that that became my thing, you know. So it's very much into uh, all different kinds of music. That's one and, way to keep the people away. Like yeah, they're, they're gonna come in, blow horn in their face. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or I just got that horn stuck to my face. So I can't talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just sounded like you really tro- like you from the get go. You you really enjoyed like solo activities. Yeah. Totally. Team sports, not my thing. Yeah. Um, it's so funny that you're a yogi now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well not well, kind of. I don't kinda. know. What that's, I, that's that's a that's a mid step. Myself a yogi. Yeah, that was that was part of the journey. Part of the journey, right? Um, but that was really like when I got into music, like that was the thing. And it wasn't too long after that actually that it really got me um thinking about peak performance and and like how you know, like human potential. Like that was a thing that came on really young for me is because of performance anxiety. Mm. So like I I'd love playing my trumpet and I'd sit in my Seems room. like a lot of guys have that performance anxiety thing. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean it was a big deal for me. And <laughs> It's a big deal for a lot of guys. Yeah. And <laughs> is that true? Is that performance anxiety? Like it, like but is it like a male thing or is it like is that more of a male? Oh, <laughs> do you mean it do you, which way do you mean it? <laughs> I mean it across the board. Oh, okay. How <laughs> right. do you mean? Hey, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh wait, wait, wait. We're in mixed company, Jessica. Hello. I apologize. <laughs> I, I, well, I was just trying okay. to get clear on the question. Um, <laughs> it's as clear as you want it to be. Oh, by Ooh. the way, for, for those of you who are just joining us, um, if you have any questions or you can resonate with what Nick is talking about in terms of just enough or having to work hard for money, pipe in. Uh, jump on the chat. Um, what we'll do is we'll just like uh, air air what you type and then uh, Nick can address it or we can talk about it. Okay. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to see what people have to say. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but okay. So perfor- my performance anxiety specifically related to music performance. <laughs> Um, just to just to clarify, just that to clarify, part. yeah, we need to make sure it's clear. So I'd I'd sound great in the practice room, and then I'd get on stage, and then I just I just go to pieces, you know. And, mm. and it, you know, with the trumpet, like you could do a lot of damage. Oh. <laughs> you really mess things up, like right. So, there's no, there's no limping in. It's just like <laughs> yeah, it's, you gotta be bold, you know. And uh, that was definitely a challenge for me. So that, and it, it was something that I just became like really fascinated with mm-hmm. of like, well, what is the mindset, you know, what is the mental games or the mental gymnastics to go through in order to, you know, to unwind these things? Like, what is that really about? That right. wasn't my first part of it. Like my first part of it really was just like, how do I make this go away? Right. You know, so all kinds of stuff, you, you name it, you know, I, yeah. I pretty much was looking into that and eventually and, like and how what that really, um uh, i started that probably when i was about 
16. Okay, yeah. So I'd been playing long enough to know that it was a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had also had some performances that were a big deal to me that mm-hmm. just were, you know, in my mind, just very embarrassing mm. and unacceptable, you know. Right. And were you the only one telling yourself that or was, were other people saying it to you? Uh, that's a great question. No, I think I think I was pretty much all me. Yeah. Yeah. I had in, in my section in high school, I had uh, at the time there was like there was four of us in particular that were really really actually very good you know mm-hmm. at, at the instrument and so that was there was a competitive thing which right. isn't it's it's kind of trained into me I, i'm not a naturally really competitive person other than with myself mm-hmm. um but with others i'm not so much but that was kind of in that at the time um and except, i think I except just, when you're magic boxing my videos right exactly exactly <laughs> well the, then it's all me right i'm competing with myself i'm like come on I can, dude you know Pull it together, man. <laughs> um, try to be clear. Uh, and then I would, you know, but that came into it like that kind of competition. And it just was like I really pressurized myself around it. And yeah. I was trying to figure out how to not do that. And um, I actually I manifested the best uh, trumpet teacher for that in the Detroit area. Uh-huh. Um, really across actually nationwide. He's, he's a really wow. fantastic uh, teacher for um, specifically for. Uh, mindset of playing you know and, and hmm. that that was awesome like he became a great mentor to me and I really learned a lot about that and it took me so far but the piece that it really led me to that was a key what really a key piece for me was um, just understanding that there's actually a deeper path of spirituality human potential and uh, you know relation relationships with mm-hmm. uh, the things and the people in our lives and and that was that really kind of touched on something a lot deeper for me uh that that wound up you know taking me in a lot of different directions right and and was that learning part of an integral part in you breaking that older money stories of making just enough or um you know um, work is supposed to be really hard you know to no i hadn't connected the dots actually so it helped me be a much better performer, mm-hmm. uh, but I was still very much in the performing world. So the artist world you know, is basically you're going to work your tail off and uh-huh. just to make enough. And the story around that is, uh, uh, how do I want to say this? It's like, who cares if I make money as long as I'm doing what I love? Yeah. Passion for yeah. your craft, right? Yeah. The, the dedication is to the craft. Yeah. And yeah. not realizing that you could do, you could have both at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's, it was a very much of an either or kind of conversation. So that hadn't really unwound at all. Like the most money I ever made through that. Then I had a full-time job. I was in personnel management for the Detroit symphony. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a whole nother level of like observing and kind of researching, like how do these top performers, like how do they do this? You know, right. but still like I, I'm not making a lot of money. I'm hustling, uh, you know, outside of that to freelance because I was really still passionate about my trumpet and I wanted mm-hmm. to keep playing and everything like that. And and still, like, I, I just, I literally play every gig I could find, work, uh, you know, work full-time job plus mm-hmm. and, and still, like, maybe 50 grand was isn't my that like, total max. Isn't that problem or isn't that challenge rampant in the performing arts industry? I mean, that... It's like almost it's almost like a textbook thing that you got to have a job and you got to do your craft at the same time and that it's it's doing whatever it takes and, you know, just, you know, just giving it your all and just making it hard, so to speak, or the perception of it being hard. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, I won't speak for everybody, but from what I saw in that industry, I could say, yeah, Um, now to in classical music in particular but really for any jazz any anybody who's going to be at the top of that game as a performer mm-hmm. um particularly in uh classical music and orchestral music which is where you know that was really my area right um the bar is so high that you require that level of dedication to it so as far as thinking outside of that of like you know as really more as an entrepreneur of well how can i 
you know, what sorts of things can I do to advance my income? How, you know, like what can I do to put more of these pieces together so that there are opportunities like that? Mm-hmm. It's not really like that. You're just, you're basically like gig to gig. Um, and how can I play better? How can I play better? How can I play better? Right. That's the, that's really the only focus and the opportunities around that, you know, like, yeah, you can definitely get good paying gigs, but there's definitely a ceiling to that as well. Mm. Um, so it's not, it's just down? not part of the conversation. Right. Do you feel like a lot of musicians actually take pride and, you know, like kind of in that struggle? You know, that's a good question. And I did see a lot of that. Absolutely. I had that myself. It, it was very much like, I'm proud if I can play and and really represent the music well, mm. and and nothing else and everything else just kind of took a back seat and and that same money story came with me of just enough like I never wanted really for money like I always had enough mm-hmm. um, and I was always fine and I enjoyed my life but mm-hmm. uh, but that was it you know mm-hmm. that was all that I was manifesting yeah. And now the marketplace is a little bit different now. You got people who are brilliantly talented um, and choosing not to go that traditional route of grinding your way to the top, but rather just jumping on YouTube, jumping on SoundCloud, uh, you know, and, and, and putting their wares out there and just promoting it themselves to get it into as many people as possible. I mean, yeah. it's 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 fascinating, right? I'm sure I'm sure you're looking back now, guys. Gosh, you know, if there was YouTube, if there was this back then, I probably could have put out my stuff and get more gigs. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have thought about it differently, and uh, but maybe not too. Uh, you know, I still see a lot of you know a lot of young musicians, especially in the classical and orchestral realm. You know, it's it's a little more dogmatic in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's this thing where you know, there's the music and like, that's basically your God, you know? So one of the things that it taught me or kind of brought out in me or gave me a channel for was that is really like a devotional quality. Yeah. You know, this is, this is it, man. You know, if I'm playing a Mahler symphony, like, wow, this is freaking genius. And, (laughs) um, and, and to just be a, a, be be able to play a humble role within that, that, majesty is is really something special it really is it, it's incredible um and you just live for that those you know yeah. kind of live for those moments you know i'd be interested to see if uh if if that can exist alongside with how how modern technology makes it easier for us to to market ourselves there's these um four four beautiful uh i don't know if they're croatian or bulgarian or hungarian i think they're hungarian ladies that play classical music but with like a modern twist so i think they all play on for some kind of symphonic uh, group but on the side i think they do this you know this quartet thing it's called amadeus something or another beautiful I, i'm totally in love mm. with the cellist um and they they do these massive like epic videos where they have all these because they're obviously making money doing what it is that they're doing and then they come together and they're marketing themselves as a whole separate quartet unit going out and traveling and doing shows and stuff like that as well. So kind of a hand and they look like they absolutely are in love with the craft, in love with the music. Every time you see them play, they're like emotionally just kind of in that flow. It's kind of like, you know, dancing with the notes as they come off their their, their, their instruments, you know. Mm quite the description. I think we should post a link in the comment section for our listeners if you have a video away. Oh yeah, I have lots of video. I follow them. <laughs> yeah, I want to see those. I want to see that too. I, yeah. I follow the the two cellos guys. Yeah, yeah, those guys are yeah. great too, and the piano they're, guys are good too. They're fantastic. I see a lot of crossover music and, and yeah. people being successful with that, and and I think it's definitely important. Like it, it really is, and I think people are finding a way. Yeah, it's the same thing though. It's like with any, really, with any industry. You know, you see a lot of um, colleges and universities churning out a ton of. Uh, you know, in, in many ways, very quality, uh, you know, quality candidates, you know, for jobs like that. It's just in the orchestral world, there's just, mm-hmm. there's not very many of those jobs at all. It's, right. it's, it is, it's, it's extremely competitive. Right. Um, so, so you almost have to create, I mean, your own prosperity. I mean, to, to say that it's not possible in any industry is kind of like, uh, is, is a falsity, right? I mean, it's not accurate because... I mean, as we're seeing now over and over, there are people who are showing, demonstrating different ways to do what it is that you love still 
and finding unique and creative ways to make it happen so that they can continue to thrive, you know, and not just struggle. <laughs> I totally agree with that. And I think it's the attitude behind it. So one of the things that I saw a lot too, and did myself, you know, is I'd play the, you know, like I play any gig that come my way pretty much. And mm -hmm. I just kind of looked at it. I remember my words around it at the mm -hmm. time um, were, you know, you basically just, you know, whoring myself out, you know, for some of these gigs. <laughs> So, right like that but that was i mean you know if you want a glimpse inside my head like that was my words around it at the time mm -hmm. you know if i didn't dig the gig or or didn't dig the group that i was playing with or whatever it was you know mm -hmm. um that's that's how i looked at it and i was just doing it for the money yeah and that was not cool either i think it, but that was an attitude right it really was also an attitude it like you're, I mean, it's kind of like survival mode, right? I, like, I mean, earlier you just mentioned that you, you were working so many hours and it's like, you just got to do what you got to survive. Yeah. 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 It, it was for my um, music, my music to survive. Mm -hmm. I could yeah. get by any way, like I'm industrious that way, but it was really yeah. for me to keep doing what I love to do. Then yeah. at what moment, like, was there like a switch where it came from like, you know, not being survived, like survive, survive, survive to, hey, enjoy um, you know, like kind of like relax. Like, was there any moment that it switched to that? Well, it didn't come until later. So what happened was uh, I, I also, also my full-time job with the Detroit symphony, I did that for 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just kind of hit a ceiling. Some things were happening. I hit a ceiling with my income there, you know, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I just, yeah, I just really wasn't enjoying it. Like one of the things that I didn't like was that, uh, my schedule would be determined like a year in advance, hmm. Whoa. literally a year in advance. I could look ahead and be like, yep, that's, I'm going to be here on this weekend. I'm going to be there on that weekend and all this kind of stuff. And I just didn't like that anymore. It didn't pay me enough money to, to really warrant taking over my life in that way. And I was like, screw it, wow. you know? So yeah. that was when I quit that job and I was like, you know what, this is, then again, you know, a glimpse inside my head of my exact words were screw it. If I'm not going to make the money I want, I might as well do, I might as well have more freedom and mm -hmm. just do it the way that I want. Mm -hmm. So what so did I you do then? I quit it and I started uh, teaching yoga and freelancing as a trumpet player. Oh, Whoa. you're freelancing as a trumpet player. Yeah. That's all I ever did was uh, I just freelanced. I played all kinds of gigs. Trumpet mercenary. Yep. That's it. Like, <laughs> have trumpet will travel. Have trumpet will travel. <laughs> or That's, So so you so you started teaching yoga, became the dark yogi while trumpeting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was really actually when I did that, that was that transition in particular was pretty sketchy. Yeah. Uh wait, elaborate. It was just <laughs> all right. Well, um <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was definitely smoking a lot of weed at uh -huh. the time. Uh -huh. And uh, I was in a relationship that was just not positive. Mm -hmm. uh, and she, you know, she was in whatever she was dealing with. And then I was dealing with my own thing. I, mm -hmm. I quit my job with the orchestra with absolutely no plan other mm -hmm. than screw this. I'm going to go do my own thing. Right. And uh, so my money started to get really tight. You know, I just mm -hmm. I didn't know how to make money on my own. I didn't know how to hold myself accountable. I was depressed because of my relationship. I was using drugs and just totally basically checking out from life. Mm -hmm. I, I watched, I think it was like six seasons of Lost in wow. like 10 days. You got lost and lost? I got 100% lost and lost. <laughs> I think that's why it's called Lost because you, one it, can get lost and lost. Yeah, and that's exactly what I did. But I was just <laughs> totally checking out, you know. Yeah. And, it, and that lasted for a little while, um, eating through my savings and mm -hmm. then just, you know, really struggling around that, not making money and kind of coming back to that piece of like, well, I know that I want to do something around, well, yoga was my means to it, but what I really wanted was to do something much more around like spirituality, you know, like mm. how, how you're living your life. But I was like living exactly opposite to all yeah. of those principles. <laughs> yeah, everything the opposite, like totally opposite. So and I'm curious about that. What, what money story do you think was running that allowed that behavior to happen, allowed you to, you know, to eat up through your savings, to basically kind of quit on life and for a little bit, just so that you can get yourself to this point where you would have to make a change. I mean, you know, there's a story that runs that, right? There's a story, yeah. And it was just, 
I can't, I'm a fraud, nobody should listen to me, which in certain ways I think was actually accurate um, based on my actions and choices. Uh, and, and also, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to make money now or who's going to pay me mm. or, and I started to crunch the numbers and started to get really lost in the numbers also mm-hmm. of, Oh, I'm going to have to teach this many classes and, uh, I don't have nearly that many classes and then I'm going to have to play this many gigs and yeah. I don't even know if I can do that. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Like just all the ways that I couldn't. So where did you, th- where, where do you think you learned that money story? Uh, it was the work hard thing. Like mm. just needing to be right that it, it could only show up in a certain way because that's the only way that it had ever shown up before. Huh. So the only way that I'd ever make money is if I show up and do a thing. Huh. And that was, you know, the same, pretty much the same with what I was brought up with. Wow. Ironically, I always had enough. So despite that whole story, right. like I, I still always had enough. Right. I was just depressed and checking out from life. Well, I mean, I think <clears throat> there's a part of that program and that needs you to create that perception so that you would get off your duff and actually do something. Yeah, the rock bottom thing is definitely yeah. um, one way to create. Like yeah. that, that was it. You know, I had a teacher and friend at the time who mm-hmm. basically just sat me down and said, dude, you know, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Wow. You know, you know, and and that's the thing. One of the one of my one of our biggest motivators is how do we get people to avoid what you know, like you and I have gone through to to hit that catharsis in order to create change. How do we get people inspired enough to create change without having to create catharsis in our lives? Well, you know, that's a great question. Um, it's it's a belief I think that that it has to be that way like that's the only thing that will pressurize them enough and mm-hmm. be painful enough in order to make a change that mm-hmm. that was you know for me at that point in my life like that was what I needed I needed that kind of pressure in order to actually make a change yeah wow. and it's you know it's just there was to me there was no other way to do it uh and and it started it started an important so when I look at when I think about stages like there's there's three stages uh or three qualities and um in the vedanta tradition the sanskrit words for them are tamas and rajas and sattva so basically what that means is uh you've got this pretty indolent uh inactive quality uh, which is tamas you've got rajas which is basically like fire activity passion and then sattva which is uh, uh even keeled state you know present awareness with dynamic action mm-hmm. and when somebody is in a lethargic uh state of inertia mm-hmm. what is required in order to take them from that is fire like you don't jump right from that to the you know to dynamic action and peaceful mind you mm-hmm. actually have to pass through the fire part first how long you spend there is up to you mm-hmm. uh, but that is a part that needs to shock you out of the uh the inertia mm-hmm. yeah. and propel you into action and generally that will only happen through uh pain or trauma mm. wow hmm so it's so almost it's, like an it's an it's a necessity of life, or I don't know that it's a necessity. Uh, it's just a methodology, one of the methodologies. It, yeah, it's w- one of the ways. Like something has to shock somebody out of that. So in yeah. the scriptures, they talk about you know when they describe that state, it's an embryo, mm. and so it's really just something that you have to grow out of yeah and would you say our goal is to eventually minimize the shocks as we continue to keep shocking ourselves into movement and growth that the shocks become less and less uh pronounced to a point where you don't even need the shock anymore you're just naturally going to that state of empowerment well that's the goal and that's i mean basically that that's a continual work in progress but for me in my life like that's very much what you know what i'm seeking to create and continuing to create just not needing that that general sense of momentum you know positive things and but it does have to do with weeding out some of those old seeds it's like a seed you know you planted those seeds god knows how long ago and and then they come to fruition right and and it creates a really uh, state of inertia so there's just a huge amount of weeding out of all of that stuff in order to get to the next place and 
for me, and I think for a lot of people, I don't believe it has to be this way, but what I see a lot of is that, is that you, you, it takes that shocking experience to look around at your life and be like, holy crap, like I'm standing in a bunch of weeds and garbage right now. That you can't smoke. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh man, all these weeds and I can't smoke it. So we actually have a couple of things coming from the chat room. Uh, Tony goes, "Uh, my mentor was a real person. And I, of course, responded, he is a real person. (laughs) That must be uh, Tony. Yeah. Uh, Ringo Chen says... So does Nick use things like whips to cause pain in his method? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <sorry>. not. <laughs> no whips. No whips there, Ringo. No but, whips. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know, one of the th- one of the things that you know you you were talking about um, prior to us uh, getting on this uh, this um, this interview was that. Um, there are things you pay less attention to is what matters the most. So what, what were some of those things, you know, because what we want to talk about in today's episode is like what people think really matter in their journey to become successful, to become empowered, to become happy in their life or in their business or in their work or in their money. Um, what really matters isn't what most people think it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard That's- chunk, huh? Kind of no, on. no, it's 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 awesome. Like, and that's true. Um, if I were to relate that to my life, like the th- all the things that I thought mattered uh, turned out to be total BS. Like all, all the um, the things that people told me, you know, like you're supposed to do this, and you're supposed to do that, you're supposed to be this way or that way. Give us and a couple those... examples of what 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 you what what was one well, of those things that you thought really mattered in the beginning, but then you discovered like oh. Well, no, supposed no. to have a good job. Supposed to have a good job, and what is that? What? How does one define good job? Exactly. Well, That's yeah. exactly it. You know, that, my job with the Detroit Symphony, but by all for all intents and purposes, was a great job for what I was doing and what I wanted at the time. Um, mm-hmm. But really, it just turned out that it just wasn't what I wanted. Um, so that seemed really important. Uh, so it could be the, good. It could be good and great temporarily until you grow out of it. Then it stops being good and great. Yeah, it's all externally focused, though. So right. basically, anything that's outside of you uh, is is going to, you know, is not really going to be the thing. That's never going to be the thing. But those are the things that we make most important. So it seems important to attain a certain income. It seems really important to mm-hmm. uh, have a particular kind of job, to have an outward success, whether it's the number of followers, uh, number of sales that you make, the kind of business that you have, the lifestyle that you have, even mm-hmm. all those things seem really important and all those are the things that people are saying yeah like this is important that's what matters and it's not what it's totally not it it brings it back to what you said in the very beginning actually way uh is it's your relationship to those things that actually matters oh okay so your relationship to not just money but everything that you are making important in your life exactly Hmm. exactly and as soon as you make something outside of you the thing Right. You're you're in trouble. Mm. You're absolutely in trouble. Your focus is misplaced, and you are uh, setting yourself up for a problem. Okay. So, what would be an uh, example of something like that? Well, so, an income goal. Okay. So, as soon as that becomes the most important thing, mm-hmm. uh, and as soon as you buy into the fact or the idea that that is going to make you happy, mm-hmm. you're screwed. Because you spent all your money buying into that, then you won't be able to make that. No, you spend all your time, effort, and en- energy trying to create that, and then uh-huh. you get there, and then there's just another thing. Okay, great, I made it there. Okay, well, what's next? Gotcha. Or you realize what it took to create that, and then you want to create something bigger, and then you just become consumed with that, which is, there's nothing wrong with that in itself. So I want to mm-hmm. be really clear on that point. There's actually nothing wrong with yeah. that other than your relationship to it. If you think that that thing's going to make you happy, then there's a problem. Mm. Ultimately, your peace, your joy, uh, your freedom is uh-huh. 100% in your mind and mm-hmm. inside of you and, and your relationship to those things. So a question oh. came up, says, uh, so earning six figures, fixtures, oh, typo, figures, isn't as important as discovering what you were meant to do in life? 
Yeah, yeah, that is a hundred percent accurate. So then how would you help someone? So say some like, you know, a listener is placing a lot of importance and a lot of happiness on needing to make or needing to make six figures. Right. Mm-hmm. So then like, how would you guide them to saying, um, you know, to change that relationship? Well, number one is just recognizing that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. It mm-hmm. uh, first is, is really just recognizing that the, that, that, that thing, the happiness does not lie in that thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step is just recognizing that the fallacy of that mm-hmm. the, and, and the illusion of it, mm-hmm. um, the same way that there's no light in the moon, hmm. you know, the moon shines bright. I love that uh, analogy. Right. But it's just, there's no light in the moon and, yeah. and that's the same way with you. Like there's no happiness in the, you know, in the world, the happiness is in you. You're the sun. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's step one. Right. Um, step two is recognizing, you know, and understanding like what there, there is a very key piece of just knowing what, you want to do with your life and what you want to create. And that, that could very well be six figures and that's no problem. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great, that's a fine goal and there's nothing wrong with that goal. Uh, as soon as you place and attach your worth and your value and your happiness to the achievement of that goal yeah. is then when you're in a lot of trouble. So right. it's just pitching up the goal and setting it really more as an ideal for what you want to create and then setting about creating that, taking the actions in order to do that. That's the rajas. That's the fire part mm. action. Mm. And what t- people will typically do is then get into that fevered action. Like I'm going to go after that and I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and do everything. and I'm going to hustle 24 seven. And that is actually, I think in a certain way, uh, kind of necessary to, to build certain muscles. Um, you just don't want to stay there. Like you do, you don't want to live your life like that, but there's a certain amount of that fire that is necessary to, you know, to and that friction in mm-hmm. order to propel forward. Um, that becomes a really key piece of just having that ideal and then the internal detachment from it so that mm. you don't get all wrapped up in it. Cause yeah. that's just going to, it's going to corrupt your action. It's going to make everything harder. And, and sooner or later when things don't go your way, now you're down in the dumps because it didn't go your way and you're a bad human and you're a failure and all this other kind of stuff. Mm. That's totally unnecessary. Right. Right. So that's, that's a really important step is then just, having like knowing where you're going yeah and then the third step is knowing who the heck you are Hmm. so okay now is time to really do the most important piece which is actually assess your own character and nature so that because that's your starting point Hmm. and if you don't have that piece then you're basically just you know you're trying to get to a destination without having any idea where you're starting right so you kind of answered one of the questions that came up in chat was, so how do you find what you were meant to do in life? Yeah. So those three steps are are basically taking people to into that process of discovering that. Yeah. So that's a really cool question. Um, and it brings up sort of a, I think a nuance around this is yeah. like, just start somewhere. Yeah. If it, if it's six figures, like go make six figures. That's an, like I said, like that's an awesome goal. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's not materialistic, you know, by nature, it's mm-hmm. not anything other than a goal. Right. Um, and then when you bring it back to that key step of really assessing uh, your nature, your, uh, your character um, and your you know, your specific predispositions, then that will start to, as you start to move towards that goal, you'll do, you'll uncover a lot about yourself. It's like, it's a massive self-discovery of like, okay, well, what am I actually good at? What do I really, really enjoy? What do I not like about this? Uh, that, you know, that, that maybe I either have to deal with or farm out or work around, or maybe I'm just on the wrong path as far as how I get there. But all those things start to flush out and then that goal becomes more and more clear. I think a lot of people want the, yep, this is what I'm here to do and I totally know it. And, you know, I don't think that's real. That'd be nice. Yeah, it would be awesome, you know, but that's never been my experience. I haven't seen that with with really anybody. What if you just Uh, can't articulate it? You said, I know what I'm here to do. What is it? I, I, I just know. And I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing because I know and I trust. Kind of like what Carolyn Miss says, you're never not on your path in life. Yeah, you know. I, I think there's accuracy to that. I think as as far as being able to bring that into the world, mm-hmm. 
the spe- the specifics around that mm-hmm. are things that flush out. Right. So yeah, you're always on your path, but like how do like you said, how do I articulate that and how mm-hmm. do I embody that? Yeah. Well, that's something that will probably change. And if you're looking for the big big answer, um, and waiting for that until you take your actions, like mm-hmm. that's upside down. You, those actions help to reveal and right. weed out all the stuff that's not in, not really aligned with that so that you can become more and more aligned. It's a process. Right. Kind of like why my personal development, personal growth is so important because you can then grow into what vehicle is already there waiting for you to drive and run. In, in yeah. Life, so to speak. Yeah. And you have the best, you know, you have the best tools on the planet way mm-hmm. in order to do that. So it's really it becomes even more powerful, which is so cool. I know. Super cool. I mean, it's kind of like what Dalai Lama said. He goes, um, happiness is being happy for no reason. In so many words. I think, I think I'm paraphrasing it, but he said, happiness is being happy without reason to be so. Hmm. Hmm. That's awesome. It's true. I think that's really nice. Yeah. without hitching it on anything. And just kind of like weighing it down. It's just like, you know, those people, you know, you ever pass those people that are just, just look, just happy and they're just smiling and walking who who knows what they're thinking about if they're thinking about anything at all you know mm-hmm. and um and then he goes oh you know and sometimes we're around people that if you're just smiling and happy and they look at you like what i'm like what do you mean what <laughs> <laughs> i'm just blissfully happy what's the problem right like, it's like funny you mean- <laughs> that we get like just you know like we're like taken aback by people who are just like happy you know? yeah <laughs> you know it should be the other way around it's like is everything okay yeah, yeah. yeah, everybody should be blissfully happy. And it's, now it's not to create like a utopian weird state where everybody's just ha ha laughing, yay, you know, um, and just kind of like um, happy, happy over you know the full spectrum of what it is to be human. Yeah. So we're not talking about um, blissfully happy, but in a way that that is uh, what do you call? Um, God, I can't think of the word right now. But it kind of like glosses over the reality of things of how you're going through it, like not being honest, inauthentically happy. Right, right, right. Right. It it's like the more genuine uh, and deeply felt that that emotion, mm-hmm. the more subtle the expression of it. Yeah. Bas- so it's, yeah. It, it's not like that. I don't. It doesn't. It's not that it doesn't have to be, but like it's not like just. Know, wild laughter you know right. sometimes it's it's just like a really <laughs> like a crazy homeless person yeah you're right you know <laughs> I, except they're not that, that crazy you know i mean kind of like what our mutual teacher has said that when the heart speaks to you it doesn't speak loudly it speaks in a whisper right mm-hmm. right that's yeah, true you know it's that little quiet little smile that you just like oh man like that is so amazing you know yeah. that expresses that that depth of emotion and I think I think that's there's something to be said for that. To me, that's recognizing the miracles mm-hmm. and the wonder and the awe, like all like all around. That's another thing that people just totally deprioritize. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like a like a luxury, mm-hmm. a- and I, that's actually one of the most important things that you could ever do in your life is actually become present to um, the miracle of life and the miracles of our world, all of the things that manifest that we have just no idea about and, and the interconnectedness and, and the intricacies of how these universal laws function mm. and, and, and how they come in and, you know, like the physical laws just of our own bodies, mm-hmm. man, like there, there's, it's mind boggling. Yeah. And having even just a tiny little presence and mm-hmm. connection to that, can add so much joy uh to your life wow it's it's really amazing yeah no it is and i I have a sneaking suspicion like this is just a beginning i mean uh, you being on the show today is just today's episode is kind of like an introduction because if you look at the clock we're actually running out of time we're actually you said it was gonna go by fast and (laughs) i didn't believe you. (laughs) super fast so so we're actually would definitely would you mind coming back on the show uh i would love to come back on the show so we can talk even more nitty-gritty specifics on the but this is kind of like a nice little overview of it introduction to nick hensinger on the stop money anxiety now show um now what i'd like you to do is um tell a little bit about how people can connect with you because there's obviously a lot of teachings like kind of layered in there from from your life so i mean there's so much more that i know of that you didn't even get a chance to touch on but um how do people get a hold of you and and if there's anything that you like to offer the audience to you know kind of connect deeper with you to learn more about all that you have to offer yeah i appreciate that um thank you and thanks Mm -hmm. for having me on yeah uh 
Well, well, first and foremost is is to recognize that like I'm not one of the people who you know I I don't want to like when I work with somebody it's not about just teaching you everything that I know and dumping a bunch of information like this is an extremely personal approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends very deeply on the individual mm-hmm. and your you know, like really and truly like your specific nature uh, and and your own. Um, what I would call like a divine track, mm. you know, your, your highest track. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really about identifying that and the exploration around that. And then the tools needed in order to help keep you on that track. Nice. So to that end, like really first and foremost is just who the heck are you, you know, and right. learn a little bit about that and start to explore that piece. And, and what do you want? Right. Uh, and there's a video that I created that basically, you know, really talks about that. Like what, um, understanding uh the things that we typically do in order to try and create success Mm -hmm. and why they either work only to a very marginal degree or don't work at all right you know especially for people who are interested in um exploring themselves and spirituality and understanding how not just how to create success in the world but how to do it in the way that is really and truly aligned with their highest path and purpose wow so that's really what that video talks about. Um, it's at nickhansinger.net forward slash align. Okay. We'll make sure uh, we put really, that link. Yeah, it's very much about alignment. Um, if you have a you know question, like I, you can always just go there and check out the video. Uh, you'll have my email address from then. If you want to just drop me a message, you can just send me a message at uh, info at nickhansinger.com. Mm-hmm. And uh and that's, you know, that's where you can find me. I'm very accessible that way. Like just drop me a message right. and the tools are vast. Like, you know, way, like way mentioned, we share a teacher that is um, in my mind, you know, very profound. Uh, and the tools that I've gained from just from, you know, knowing her and studying under her have, are really incredible in and of themselves, right? A lifetime of study just in those things. Um, but then you put that into the context of a person's life and there, it adds all kinds of richness and, and that's really kind of it, you know, that, I think that's right. a great place to start just to kind of see what that's all about. And, and then from there, um, you know, it's just a conversation yeah. of really understanding. So I hope that helps people. No, and absolutely. Like, thank you, you so know, much for that. Yeah. That. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Like, yeah. please enjoy it and, um, and, and, and pop me any questions. Yeah. And go over there and sign up because if you are actually like ready to, you're chomping at the business, I know I want more than just a video and stuff like that. And you want to dive in and maybe get some of the tools that both Nick and I use with our clients to get massive results and stuff like that. I think, Nick, you're actually doing, I mean, it might be a little bit last minute, but you're doing something this weekend. Aren't you teaching and training something? You have a, a workshop running this weekend? Yeah, yeah, that's, it's a, you're right. It's a whole other conversation, but, um, but yeah, Energy Mastery is, uh, is a system of tools and processes basically to help you uh, master really and truly master your energy, all the different mm. layers of your energy, how to clean that up and then how to, how to put yourself into the world in a really beautiful way right. that is truly authentic to who you are. Like that's mm. really at its core. Like, I think that's what that, that does. It's called energy mastery foundations. It's a two day event. Um, it's a live intensive, wow. uh, this one we're doing down in San Diego and it's a very specific process that teaches you the tools mm-hmm. and then how to apply them in your life. Right. And so, I have to tell people, I mean, when it comes to prosperity and, and, you know, and, and making money and financially getting unstuck and stuff like that, this is, what we often within our group like to refer to as the secret sauce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the secret exactly. sauce that has taken McDonald's. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, just just really taking <laughs> taking people to the next level. I mean, if you want to get there fast. I mean, it's not for everybody because, you know, people, not everybody can handle the, that need for speed, you know. And here is the train of truth, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Not everybody can handle that need for speed, but for those who can, I mean, you might as well feel up and that will, you know, and learn what it means to go fast and to get to where you want to go fast. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a lot about, you know, giving people those options and everything. And I love your approach of just, it's not like a cookie cutter approach. Like, hey, everybody just go in this universal bucket. But you take that, that unique approach to have, working with each individual and accessing that, that, that almost like an individual formula, right? It, yeah, it's a cool way to put it. And it's really not about it, the tools. Like you're basically understanding the tools. It's actually in a certain way is more of a technical training. Right. Um, but what it actually does is help you help to really reveal that inner essence of who you are. Yeah. 
which is like, I can't think of anything more personal or more exciting. Like, I just love it, man. Like energy mastery is the deal. I get so excited. I love teaching (laughs) it. Like, uh, like uh, you're gonna have to stop me. The show is almost over. I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So if you're interested in that, just go, go to nickhansinger.net forward slash align, reach out to him right away. If you want to kind of join him and and a few of the people that we know on uh, this weekend, I mean, if you're, if you're down to really kind of like take it to the next level. And if you're like, you know what? I like what he's saying. I love what's coming out of his mouth i'm good to go but um but thank you nick thank you so much yeah. for uh, um you know finally getting on the show and i look forward to having you back and your um your better half is actually coming on in the near future as well i'm so excited i can't wait to for that episode <laughs> and thank you so much for having me and for for letting me be a part of this like i'm really just so appreciative and and i so dig what you do way like you're truly um you know, you're, you're truly gifted oh, at, at what you, you do. And, and I really appreciate that. And I, and I love it. So like, thank you so much for having me on and, um, really look forward to continuing the conversation. Yeah. Appreciate it. Cool. So just make sure you stick around a little bit after the show. We could debrief a little bit, but, uh, that's it for today, everybody. It's one o'clock and you know what? It's the time is near. Okay. So join us next week for Stephen Griswold. But again, make sure you connect with Nick for uh to go go deeper to learn more about all the goodness uh join us next week make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss another juicy episode of stop money anxiety now so have a great week and we'll see you all next Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.